ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means that it is episode 120 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. As always, I am your host, Eric Walquist, and uh, Jesse is away this week, but in his place, we decided to Canada it up with the dudes from the Hex 19 Geek Cast. We have Yuri and Aaron, or not Aaron, but Aaron here. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Don't they sound Canadian? Do we? Yeah. Is it, you is it do. coming through already? It's coming through already. Oh, man. We are an A short from a red-green episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a super tough act to follow because Aaron did a really great job filling in two weeks ago. So we're kind of in his shadow. He did do a great job. I just uh, It's kind of interesting because... Um, you know, I have a little bit of a baritone voice. I think Aaron has a baritone voice, but I think both of you actually speak lower than both of us. <laughs> you guys are bringing the bass this week. Oh, uh, yeah. It's basically the antithesis of the terrible treble. I think Glenn's not. He's even lower than both of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn just speaks in 808s. He's just, uh, you can only hear him. You can only hear him if you have a subwoofer. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we're very happy that you're joining us this week, and I understand you have somebody that you'd like to dedicate the dedicate the show to. So go for it. Uh, okay, we're going to dedicate it to our good friend Brian. Um, he's in Victoria right now, going to school, and he's just generally a pretty awesome guy. So this one's for you, Brian. All right. What makes Brian so awesome? Um, he once killed a bear with his bare hands, actually. Uh-huh. So his hands are bears. Yeah, well, they're they're really hairy. They're like bear arms. Oh, like, got like it. He, he took the bear's hands and then killed the bear with those bear hands. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. You know, I'm actually going to Victoria for my honeymoon. Really? Yeah. Well, if you're near the university, uh, <laughs> you, can go, you can go say hi to Brian. I'll stop by. I won't have anything to do. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, what are you drinking tonight? I'm actually drinking a very patriotic beverage the wonderful molson canadian oh wow mm. so it's... i have a, i have a question about molson now th- down here in the u.s we have three uh three of the che- i call them the cheap canadian beers we have the labat blue we have the molson okay. canadian and we have the kokanee okay now i am of the train of thought that kokanee is nigh undrinkable and that uh, labat blue is actually the smoothest of the three do you agree or disagree uh, with this statement i think i'd agree but i think i'd put kokanee above canadian really yeah <laughs> it's that uh, low i'm just drinking this because it happened to be in the fridge because so. <laughs> it's the only one that no one would drink Yes. <laughs> well, can you uh, describe the flavor a little bit? Uh, it it kind of tastes like beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> beer and water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like from a tap, though. Not not none none of this bottled crap. Yeah. None of that bottled crap. All right. What yeah. are you What are you drinking tonight, Aaron? Uh, well, I know you guys on the show always talk about all your specialty beers and all these crazy, very specific things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tonight I'm drinking a fruit juice, so uh, non-alcoholic. Oh. I'll break the trend. It's, it's basically um, what, what kind of fruit juice? Um, I don't know. Frozen what, from concentrate. <laughs> what what flavor is it? It's all it's fruit punch. It's all fruits. Oh wow! All yeah. fr- <laughs> congratulations. All, every fruit ever. 
<laughs> all right. On the ingredients, it just says fruits, comma, all. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds delicious. Tonight, I'm drinking, uh, I'm breaking out the winter seasonals. So I'm drinking the Ebenezer Ale from uh, from Bridgeport Brewing Company. It is delicious. And uh, it's not my favorite winter seasonal this year, but it's definitely serviceable. And Ebenezer usually brings the f- brings the fire, but I feel like Snowcap is better this year. Celebration Ale is better this year. So uh, it's not totally up at the top, but it is still delicious and delectable. So Still up there? Still up there. Uh, uh, I'd say it's I'd say it's a couple knocks above Molson. We'll just put it there. <laughs> uh, so uh, so we're gonna get to some uh, listener feedback uh, this week. We got some great listener feedback uh, from you guys uh, at home. First of all, I want to highlight uh, Nicholas uh, Fogarty, who uh, wrote in. He says. Uh, your list of board game recommendations for the dude who wanted his non-nerd board game wife to play games had the big winner for converting non-nerd girls to board game players, Sellers of Catan. However, your list was missing my favorite board game, and I have had success introducing to non-gamers its small world. Are you unaware of this game, or in the words of the super suckers, is all your taste in your mouth? I particularly recommend Small World Underground over the basic one. Keep up the drinking and whatnot. From Nick. Now, uh, I actually do have Small World. I I actually bought Small World the day it was released, and I've had a lot of uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's not one of my favorite games, but every time we break it out, it seems to uh, everybody seems to have a good time. Have you guys played it at all? Yeah, we have uh, mm-hmm. actually. Hex 19s Brett owns the game, so we have yep. played quite a few times. What do you guys think of it? Uh, it's really fun. Like, if you enjoy that kind of flavor, like. It's just every mm-hmm. fantasy genre smashed together. So if you right. like that kind of thing, it's right. really fun. Yeah. But as far as the gameplay, like it's it's easy to learn and has its pluses, but like it's not really a deep game that I'd want to spend a lot of time playing. Yeah, that's how that's kind of how I feel about it. It's a great game to break out, and every time we break it out, it's kind of like, oh, that was fun. We should play that more often. But then we don't. But at the same time, I think it could be a little difficult to introduce this game to other people. And this is why I've been a little apprehensive is because it's so strongly fantasy-bound. And a lot mm-hmm. of the fun comes in because, uh, just for those who don't know what we're talking about at all, we'll bring it back. Uh, uh, basically, you play as a race of fantastical creatures. So there's like skeletons, there's goblins, there's ogres, there's giants, there's all these guys. And then... Uh, or, and, there, and there's also humans, and then you get a special ability with those. So it's fun to have like you know water breathing uh, ogres or whatever, and flying and the, giants. Flying giants is fun, uh, uh, and so a, a lot of the fun comes from those comes from getting those flavors. But if you're not really keen on all of the all the fantasy flavor, I don't know if you'd be as as into playing the game. Or you wouldn't get that as as you wouldn't get as much fun out of that aspect of the game. But yeah, I'm I'm curious. Like we've only played the game with four players, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. But there's like there's different maps for different numbers of players. So, right. Uh, like, have you played with different numbers of players? Is I it, have. Does it scale well? Yeah, it really does. And I think that that's a cool thing about the game is there's a different board depending on how many people you're playing with. And uh, and also, uh, I, there's also an expansion you can buy, which is like little pieces, like like Sellers of Catan, and you can kind of piece the map together yourself, which is pretty cool. Mm. And uh, I've, I haven't played the Underground one. Have you guys played that one? 
No, we we've just played the base game. Yeah, I don't. I haven't played it either. But I I I'm curious. Maybe Nick can write in and tell us what the difference is between the two because I thought it was just flavor. But if there's actual gameplay differences, it might be interesting to try that out. But I still, uh, I, I, it sounds like I've been bad-mouthing the game. Uh, I still recommend Small World. I think it's a really fun game, especially if you're into fantasy and that sort of thing. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 not, it's got some elements of like risk, except it takes less than an hour to play, basically. So, uh, and even when you're completely out of it, there's always the chance that you can come back to dominance in the course of like one or two turns. It's yeah, it's true. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's really true. You can have like one guy on the board, and then in three turns, you can have like the whole board covered with dudes. So, or ladies, because there are Amazons as well. <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, this week on Connect the Dotsie, uh, Roger Dotsie uh, gave us his weekly spiel. And uh, last week we were talking about great cities to have uh, expansion franchises in. Um, But he says, uh, most of the TV markets we suggested already have teams in another sport, but his city and state are pro sports free, even with uh, the sports goodness of the the Louisville Louisville Cardinals football team, which actually lost. They were undefeated up till now. Um, But it's also home to the Kentucky Derby, the Louisville Slugger Factory, and Muhammad Ali. So they have a rich sports history there in in, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, but there are no teams at all. Um, but these are his uh, these are his ideas. You have the Las Vegas Gila Monsters of the NFL. I think that would be okay. Uh, I think the XFL kind of proved that the uh, Las Vegas may not be the greatest city for football, but it was also the XFL. Did you guys ever know? Did you know about the XFL? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was the. Uh, I did not. It was, it was actually the WW. It was I think it was the WWF at the time. Now they're the WWE started this football league called the XFL, which is supposed to be like the extreme football league. What? Uh, it lasted for one season. Uh, it had teams like the uh, Las Vegas uh, Outlaws. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. It was like the Los Angeles, I don't know, Empires. I, it was weird. Oh, it, it was the, there was the New York slash New Jersey Hitmen. I remember that one. Um, but anyway, Gila Monsters, I'm, I'm all for that. He says the main specters of Major League Baseball. He's he's giving a shout-out to uh, Stephen King on that one. The Alabama Marksman of the NHL. I kind of like that idea. Uh, hmm. uh, and then the Louisville Thoroughbreds of the NBA, which uh, because of the, I guess because of the... Uh, of the Kentucky Derby there, but why not? Why not have a baseball team called the Louisville Sluggers? That would work too. And then, uh, as a bonus, he says the Salem Witches of the WNBA, and I say let's do that one. <laughs> that one rocks. Uh, so let's connect the dotsy for this week. Um, you can always write to us at personalarrogance at gmail dot com. We love to uh, get your feedback there. Uh, also, really need to give a shout out to all the people who have been rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, so uh, Timmy Two Testies. Thank you for um, thank you for that's 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 real. He did uh, he did rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, Joshua Canales, Carolyn Boyer, she loves jer- gingers and nerds. This is the perfect place for her. James Hall, uh, and of course Brian Danger Finch. Thanks everybody for uh, for rating and review us on iTunes. We always love it when you do that, and that helps us out a lot. So guys, are you ready for your little tiny Matt roll off? Oh man, am I ever! All right, I'm- are you ready, Yuri? Oh, I'm so ready. I, I actually have this uh, D20 that was purchased at Card Kingdom, so uh, oh. I think that will give me some good luck. All right. My, I think mine was purchased at Card Kingdom as well, so it's a Card Kingdom showdown. Were I you think gonna... uh, you purchased this one at Card Kingdom, actually. I did. It's so, a thank gift. you. 
It's a gift. So if you win, technically I win. <laughs> but, I guess. Uh, so we're, each of us are going to roll a 20-sided die. Whoever rolls highest gets to talk first. And here we go. Oh, man. What do you got, Aaron? Aaron? I got a five. You got a five. Yuri? 17. Oh, and I got a 10. So, Yuri, you're going first. What's your first topic? Oh, man. Well, my first topic has the potential to be very boring, but I think it's quite important. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if uh, people do listen to podcasts, it's generally a fact that they're more technologically inclined. Mm. And uh, for about the last two weeks or so, I've been playing around with the new Windows 8 oh, on okay. my main computer. Yeah. And uh, I have to say, I'm quite impressed. Uh, at, at first, it was a very tough thing to get into, uh, just because I'm sure people have seen the marketing for these new Windows 8 tablets that Microsoft is really pushing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the new Windows 8 operating system features all these touchscreen elements to it. And uh, it can be pretty infuriating using those with a keyboard and mouse, because they just really aren't designed to be used that way but uh once you get into it the actual the the stuff under that layer of touchscreen prettiness is just a better operating system that's faster uh uses less ram looks better i mean it, it it's just a better windows 7 so if people are using uh windows 7 i would recommend the upgrade just because uh it's very inexpensive to upgrade and it's uh, pretty fantastic so far so what are the so how do you turn off the can you turn off the touchscreen functions or are they always there? Uh, they're kind of all unified in this new start screen interface. They've gotten rid of the traditional start menu and just put it all into this new touchscreen start area. Uh-huh. But uh, from that, you can revert to desktop mode. It kind of puts your desktop as an app on the smart screen, and if you use it that way, it's just the windows you've been using for however many years just without that start menu oh and uh then you also have that layer of kind of tablet type stuff going on if you uh are so inclined to use that okay so what what are the uh what are the pros and what are the cons of windows 8 uh pro uh i'd say is all your stuff will still work if it worked in windows 7 like i know there have been so many nightmare stories of people upgrading their operating system and then like, oh, all my games work and all my applications are borked. But uh, I haven't run into any problems, uh, like everything, no driver issues, none of that kind of stuff. So it's been a very smooth experience that way. Uh, if you're very frugal and you don't want to spend the 40 bucks to upgrade, I guess that would be a con. Okay. Uh, and if you just, if you... If you have a hate for uh, touchscreens, some of the stuff might uh, get to you. Like sometimes it'll say, tap the screen to continue. And it's like, you should know that I can't tap because I don't mm. own a touchscreen. But uh, overall, uh, I, I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, if you have a mouse plugged in, it should say click. Yeah. Can we get on that, Microsoft? They, they, they listen. They, sh- they should be. They're, they're probably too busy uh, playing Halo 4 there to make any <laughs> changes. You know, this is, this, is all part of the, this is all part of the thing, I think, because... Uh, uh, you know, Windows was so far behind for a while. I, I think that they were pretty far behind innovation-wise. And I'm talking about, uh, like, between Windows 98 and Windows 7. 
<laughs> Basically, <laughs> everything that happened in between. I guess XP was fine, but let's go between XP and Windows Seven. There was this big lull in innovation from uh, from Windows Eight. Or, I mean, from from Microsoft. Uh, and that was kind of the time where Apple kind of stepped up its game, and you had things like the MacBook Pro, you had the iMac, you had the iPhone, the iPod, all that stuff was happening during that time. And I really feel like Windows has decided to kind of take a step forward um, and try to be innovators once more. And I think they're trying to do that by cornering that phone and tablet market and kind of changing what the thought of a PC is. Because I think... The idea of having a, comp- a personal computer with a tower is really starting to go away. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's almost like they're an enthusiast product now, which is so strange. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, I think that the, the, like, the only people I see who are buying tower PCs anymore are gamers. Like getting you know some nice RAM or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even at my company, like everybody has a laptop. Like nobody has tower computers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, and this is kind of their step in that direction, I think. But I don't know. I haven't I haven't used it yet. Um, I did. Uh, I did see online that. Uh, have you played the Minesweeper yet, Yuri? Oh, it is. It is heads and tails above any other version of Minesweeper <laughs> you've played. <laughs> so much fun. So, like the one version of Minesweeper. For, well, okay, first of all, it has achievements. So if you're into collecting Ooh. achievements, this Minesweeper is for you. Second of all, Adventure Mode in Minesweeper is nuts. Mm-hmm. You are yeah. collecting gold. There are enemies you have to shoot with a bow and arrow. And, like, it, it's just, it's Minesweeper reinvented. Actually, it's it's mostly the same. But <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell you when I said that because it is, you have to see this to believe it. So what are the uh, what are you shooting bows and arrows at? There's like spiders and weird <laughs> monsters in there. Yeah, I don't understand how this adventure thing works. I've seen some pictures of it here and there, but I guess it's one of those things you'd kind of have to play to get a sense of it. Well, re- really, it's just Minesweeper with some art on top of it. Oh, oh okay. So and arrow shooting. Oh. Uh, Calling it arrow shooting is kind of generous. Hmm. Is <laughs> Here this, it is. I'm just kind of clicking. Is this, so it doesn't really change things much at all, or does it just look different? It just looks a lot different, and it at its core, though, it's a bunch of numbers and a grid telling you where mines are. Yes. Which is what makes it. <laughs> is the sun guy, is he still part of it? No, he's not. Oh. He no, with those uh, sunglasses? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not there at all. There's nothing that puts on sunglasses when you win. No. Oh, man. See, really, they should have taken a step if they really wanted to get the nerds. Uh, the guy should, the guy should, uh, the, the sun guy should show up and then say a witty line, put on the sunglasses, and have the yeah. <laughs> from us, so they should also have the option to disable that because it would get annoying <laughs> if you won like three games. Well, Aaron, we don't know. We don't all play on easy mode. That's true. Some of us That's are true. experts. Oh. Is there like a Minesweeper enthusiast community? Like, do they have their own subreddit or something? They probably have a subreddit. Do they post montages on YouTube <laughs> of their MLG Minesweeping? They're like, Speed oh my plays. god. Yeah, I, I totally beat Expert in 15 seconds. <laughs> I, uh, I am a big fan of Minesweeper. It's one of those games you can always come back to. You, you, can never, you can't go back home, but you can always go back to Minesweeper. I, I kind of put my video games in two categories. Uh, podcast games and non-podcast games. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Minesweeper is a game that you can easily play while listening to a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's perfect for that. That's true. There's no sound. There's no reading. Well, I guess there's a minor reading <laughs> of numbers. numbers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Anything else on Windows 8? Uh, no, I, I guess that's it. So uh, it's a get it for you, though. You think people should get it. Yeah, well, well, in the past, Windows upgrades have been like two hundred dollars, and then it's it's not worth it. So you may as well just wait until you buy your next computer, and it will just be on there already. Right. But uh, in this case, you can get the upgrade for forty bucks, and I think just like the full no nonsense version is uh, seventy dollars. So ah. kind of priced it very affordably. That sounds awesome. I uh, I think maybe their slogan should be Windows Eight. We didn't screw it up this time. <laughs> Well, it's only been a few weeks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Windows 8. It's too early for that. Windows uh, 8, actually better than XP. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, my first topic this week is going to have to do uh, with a little things happening here in, here in the Emerald City. Um actually heard about this. It's it's actually being uh, being shot out nationally on NPR. Have you, do you guys know who Phoenix Jones is? I've heard the name. I couldn't tell you what who he is, but I've heard that name for sure. So Phoenix Jones has been gallivanting around Seattle for the last for the last few years uh in a black and yellow uh suit and uh his his real name is Ben Fodor and he's actually started this uh this superhero troupe here in Seattle. They call themselves superheroes uh but they're really just dudes walking around uh with reflectors on. Um <laughs> Now he got in a little bit of trouble uh, about a year ago because he got arrested uh, for beating some people up in the street, uh, who he said were fighting, but they were actually just dancing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and wow. that, that was when he had to reveal himself. But he's back in full force. There's a video that went a little viral this week, uh, and by viral, it's been viewed over four hundred thousand times of uh, of him. Dressed up in his superhero garb, and then the, he, this guy's yelling at him in the U District, and he uh, says, and then the cops show up, and Phoenix Jones is like, I can fight you if you want to fight me. And then he's like, all right, let's do it. And then they fight, and then he, and the Phoenix Jones, who's a Muay Thai fighter, basically kicks the dude's legs out from under him. The cops are watching the entire time, and they don't do anything, because apparently if you want to fight in the street and it's consensual, then... The cops, it's not illegal? Which really? Huh. I don't really understand that. As long as everyone's okay with fighting. Yeah. You as can long just as fight whenever you want. As long as it's been established that everyone's okay with fighting. I guess that that's like why... Because uh, I always wondered why like, uh, you know, like uh, MMA fighters... Like, technically that's assault. But you're yeah. if you're doing it on a stage, then I guess it's not. Huh. I don't know. In Canada, we don't do this fighting thing, so it's, it's unfamiliar territory. <laughs> it's very unfamiliar. Well, only when we're playing hockey. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's a couple things uh, that goes go along with this. So if you want to be a member of the Phoenix Jones superhero team, you have to pay $55 a month in dues to what? cover health insurance, gasoline, and other team expenses. Uh, and... Uh, Let's see here. What is it? Do what I get to it? design my own logo at least? Yes, but unfortunately, okay. they're not—they're uh, not accepting any more members, mm. which is a little sad. Um, says that uh, 
The crew ranges from ex-military and ex-police to currently active members of the military and police officers, though not from Washington. Which I don't know how you could be a police officer not from Washington and be walking around in Seattle. Uh, several members are trained by emergency medical technicians, all of whom have made up their own street uniforms. Nice. Uh, <laughs> See, that that's the part that would get me. I would only be in it for like the uniform and the name. Well, I don't want to actually any fight anybody. I just want to wear a cool costume. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of... Let's just I'll just tell you how Phoenix Jones arrived on his costume. He says, I originally didn't have a suit. Originally, I wore no shirt, a fedora hat to cover my hair so people wouldn't recognize me on the street. (laughs) And a little mask on my face and a pair of jeans. Then I got stabbed. (laughs) I put a bulletproof vest on. Then I got a radio to communicate with my car. And after that, the police kept stopping me all the time, being like, yo, you can't run around in a mask, no shirt, with a bulletproof vest on. It just doesn't work. So I said, well, what would work? And they said, well, I don't know. Why don't you dress up in a costume? And then the costumes happened. So all of those superhero movies got it wrong. I always think that that's always a really big stretch in a superhero movie is how they actually start wearing the costume. I think Batman Begins did a good job with that. But it's always really strange to me how, like, Peter Parker got this, like, high-tech costume to wear. That's true. Yeah. Didn't he – he started in, like, uh, like a toque or something, though, and then doesn't he get the costume later? Yeah. Uh, you're going to have to explain what a toque is. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I guess – okay. A toque uh, – is that what you call a beanie in the oh, States? Oh, it's a beanie. It's like a, it's like a wool hat that you uh-huh. put on your head, usually for when it's cold out. Yeah. So it would be a ski toque, I guess. Sure. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's it's just really it's weird. Um uh I want to play a part of this video. Uh we could actually play the part where he uh actually beats up the dude. Um because it's really strange. Um so I'm just going to find it here and uh yeah, let's let's break it from here. All right, guys, nobody intervening. These two. We're all All right, let's see mutual combat. You got checkers. You got You got You got You you're now seeing Phoenix Jones fighting the suspect. Suspect is down. Mutual combat is over. <laughs> Mutual combat is over. Wow. So, so if you want, also want to be in Phoenix Jones' superhero troop, it also helps if you're the uh, iPhone Avenger, I guess. If you just stand there with your iPhone and narrate what's going on. <laughs> they need like a videographer. Or, yeah. Uh, Someone to document them. Well, maybe this... a maybe a podcast to follow their exploits. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Phoenix Jones Justice Podcast. It's weekly updates on Phoenix Jones superhero group. Yeah. See, I I don't know. I I just I watch this video and I don't know if you can hear it on there, but he's like when he's in the fight, he's like, "Oh, you got to check those, you got to check those, bro!" And he like kicks him in the <laughs> knee, and he's like, "You got to check those, bro!" And it's just like this is not superhero behavior. No. This is not even Deadpool or Punisher behavior. This is like 
just the dude on the street in a costume fighting drunk dudes behavior. Um, these, these guys are in Seattle, you said, right? Yeah, they're in Seattle. So have you actually seen any of them yet? I have not. They mostly ah. go to Belltown, which is where a lot of, uh, let's just say, what's the word, douches hang out? Mm-hmm. A lot of drunk douchebags hang out down there. So mm. I, uh, I don't frequent that neighborhood. But if you want to get in a drunk fight, I guess, <laughs> with some superheroes, that's the place to go. Uh I, I I don't know. What I, I wanted to ask you guys, so this is just a random dude who put on a costume and uh decided he was now a superhero because he likes to fight people in the street. Um but if you guys were to put on a costume, what would be the assets that would make you super? Okay, well as a kid, uh-huh. uh this is this is kind of strange, but whenever I put on snow pants, I always uh I always felt kind of uh kind of better. <laughs> Do we, have to, uh, do we have to explain what snow pants are? Do you guys have no, those? No, I think we, we have snow pants. They, okay. they, they kind of they keep your legs warm, so you can you can run faster because your legs are nice and warm. Uh huh. And uh, you can you can just like slide into snow banks and stuff, and you you're pretty much invincible. So uh, snow pants are a must. Right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what? So you could slide into snow banks. What other super things could you do? Um. As far as pants go, it's probably the only ability they enable. <laughs> the snow, the snow banks are, and well, and you can survive in cold temperatures. So if you're fighting right. like a Mister Freeze type uh, evil villain, mm-hmm. snow pants are they're useful. Yeah. What What about What about you, Aaron? I don't. I don't even know. Uh, like you're saying, if I was a superhero, what would I? Yeah. What makes you super? What makes me super? Right. Um, I really, I have no idea. Maybe this is why I'm not a superhero. <laughs> if there was anything super about me, obviously I would have to use it as a superhero. <laughs> well, you could uh, be the videographer. You could stay around could, with the camera. I could be the photo taker. Right. Document. Uh-huh. You can be the journalistic integrity that this city <laughs> desires. It's true. Deserves. I can be like the... Peter Parker half, where he just takes photos of right. everything. Mm-hmm. You'd be I can like do that. The, you'd be like Peter Parker, but wearing a Spider-Man costume. Yes. Taking pictures. I just r- run around in a costume and take pictures of things. Well, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I think that uh, if Phoenix Jones has shown us anything, it's that any dude can be a superhero if he just does what he likes in a costume. Yep. As uh, long as the other person's okay with you beating them up. Right. As long as... <laughs> right. As long as it's mutual consensual contact uh combat. You yes. Can, you can do that. All right guys, well I think it's time for some uh for some trivia. What do you say? Oh man. Oh man. I'm ready. Uh X-Men D and Personal Arrogance kinda of have a trivia history going. It's that's true. true. It's a bit of a rivalry. It is true. We, actually we never got our uh our PAX trivia to air. Uh but we did have a pop quizzical PAX trivia that's on film, uh just needs to be put together. Uh, and I'm not going to say he's responsible for that, uh, but his initials are Eric Walquist. And, uh, <laughs> but also, uh, Yuri, if you'll remember, last time you were on the podcast, I beat you in trivia. That is true. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you were blood doping though. So I was. I was brain doping. Right. Yeah. It's where you That's your uh, chance, Yuri. Like a mummy, you put a coat hanger up your nose, pull your brain out, infuse it with oxygen, and put it back in. It's a very painful process for half of it. Once the brain is out, you can't really feel anything. The results are so worth it. <laughs> they are really worth it. 
so what you're saying is we don't have a hope in trivia now. Well, I don't know. We'll just have to see. So we're going to be doing Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuit. I'm going to roll a six-sided die. See which category we're doing. We're going to be doing sports and leisure. Very excited oh, about man. this. So, uh, so you guys can talk amongst yourselves to come up with the answer here. This question is for you. What does SCUBA stand for? Oh, I know this one. Yep. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. You, uh, I believe you're correct. I'm going to say, say named after the after an episode of Scooby-Doo where the team goes underwater. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. You got it right. Yes. Congratulations, Aaron. Okay. Thank and Yuri. You. you guys are Team Hex 19. That was uh, mostly me. Who are we kidding? Really? No. It was. Uh, this, one, this one's for me. What playing card was called Calamity Jane in the Old West? I'm going to say the Queen of Spades. This one's all you, Yuri. Take a guess. Well, it's got to be a queen, right? There's not, not really any yeah. other female playing cards. Queen uh, of Hearts? That, that, that's not calamitous, though. Let's, let's go with uh, the other Blackman clubs. All right. The Queen of Spades. I got it, baby. All right. Nice. Tied up. This one's for you guys. What must a Las Vegas blackjack dealer do when he reaches 16? He's, um, I think he has to hit, right? Isn't 17 the, uh, the edge? Maybe. I'm not sure, though. I've never played blackjack. I've never been to Vegas, so ah. Let, let's go with that. I think you're right. All right, you guys are saying hit. I'm going to say stay. And it's... Uh, Take a card. That would be a hit. Yeah. All right. I got to get this one right to tie. Here we go. Where's Candlestick Park? I believe Candlestick Park is on San Francisco Bay in San Francisco. That's uh, pretty confident. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh, uh, Candletown. Candletown, USA. Uh, and it's San Francisco. You know what that means? Geography tiebreaker. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Who's ever geographically closest to the answer will win. You guys get the answer first. What's the only European country that uses shillings? Oh, this is a long time ago, though, right? Yeah, this is 1981. Ah, uh, it sounds like a like maybe Austria. I don't. I don't know. Aaron, do you have any input on this? I have no idea. Um, or, what, or is that a is that an English thing? Is that a British thing? A shilling? Yeah, I think I know. I think it was a British thing at one point, but how? Uh, In for how long? What, what's the year on this? Nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. What do you think, Aaron? I say go for it. Do it. Do it. Uh, go for Britain. Go for Britain. Yep. Do, it. Okay. do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, we're Britain. going to Britain. I'm going to go with Austria. And it's Austria. Oh. You were so close. Should not I heard you say Austria, and I was like, ah, crap. Mm. And uh, I, I take the blame for that one. Well, you guys are a British Commonwealth, so congratulations for that. Thank you. <laughs> what does that mean to you guys? Does that mean anything to you guys? So we have the queen on our money. Yep. That's, I don't know, that's it, basically. I thought it was funny, when I was in, it was like, ninth grade, I went to Buckingham Palace, and they have, like, these gates. They have the Canadian gate, 
the Australian gate and the New Zealand gate. And the tour guide was like, you know, there would also be the American gate if you guys hadn't revolted. <laughs> See what you guys are missing out on? I we know, a gate. A gate. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you guys won the uh, roll-off. So, Aaron, what is your second topic? Well, um, I was going to talk about Game of Thrones because they just finished filming it today. Mm. But instead, I got sucked into a weird, uh, weird little train of uh, articles thanks to Reddit. Yep. Uh, basically, someone someone posted this article on Reddit. Uh, in 1964, a geologist in the Nevada wilderness discovered the oldest living tree on Earth by killing it. Ah. So basically, what this guy did was there's a bunch of trees and they were trying to figure out how old they are. So you take like a like a core sample, you drill into it with like a thing that's like the thickness of a straw, uh-huh. and you count the rings. Uh huh. But his drills kept breaking on this tree, and he was running out of time. So he's basically like, okay, we're just going to cut it down, and we'll count all the rings that way. Only after cutting it down did he realize, like, this is the oldest tree on Earth. Wow, great job, buddy. Yeah, no kidding. There weren't other trees around it? Pardon? There weren't other trees around it? There were probably other trees around it, but they were younger than it. Huh. And then in the comments, there were two other articles posted that are of a similar uh, strain. Uh, in Florida, a meth addict burned down the fifth oldest tree when she was sitting in it smoking <laughs> meth. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a Breaking Bad tie-in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, you know, hanging out in a tree. Uh, apparently she needed to get a better view of the area and that Jeez. made her burn the tree or something. How do you burn down a tree with a lighter? I have no idea. I but... can get a campfire started. How does that work? <laughs> uh, what was she did other? it. And then there's one more. There's one more article that was posted. Mm-hmm. Um, in South Africa, I think, there's this famous tree, the tree of Tanir. Basically, it's the only tree for 400 kilometers in any direction. I think it was like the only tree in this entire country. Uh-huh. And it got hit by a drunk driver and got torn down. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, seriously, there's one tree for 400 kilometers, and you managed to hit that. (laughs) Like, there's a a picture. It's desert. It's like wasteland in every direction but this tree. And somehow this guy managed to hit the tree dead on. Wow. Uh, So trees are in in danger. It's true. Now, now this, this, this opens up a couple of things, because... If this guy didn't know that this was the oldest tree until he cut it down, then there could still be older trees out there. That's true. Uh, we, have, we won't know until we cut them down, too. Do, right, do they have, like, tree x-rays? Can you do I that? Don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This was in 1964 when oh. the guy cut it down. 19, so um, this was a Today I Learned? No. This was wasn't not. a TIL? Um, I don't think so. Oh. I guess Today I Learned it, though, so it could be. It could be for you. Uh, I think the meth addict was March of this year. That's mm-hmm. when the article was, anyway. And in 1973, the Tanir was knocked down by a drunk driver. Oh. So it's so been a bad... The, uh... one, the one was at least like a scientific thing. Like He was trying to learn stuff, and he just made a, a kind of a mistake. <laughs> and he regrets it. Like There's interviews where he talks about how horrible he felt for doing it. The other two are just people being jackasses. I hope that he made like a cool chair out of it or something. Hopefully something befitting the world's oldest tree. Yeah, the world's oldest chair. Whoa. Yeah. Think about that. 
I'd say I, I find it hard to believe, uh, coming from the Evergreen State, that the oldest trees are in Florida and Nevada. To me, Nevada that sounds was like the oldest, Florida. and Florida was the fifth oldest. How was the fifth oldest tree in the in Florida? I don't know. And how is it so flammable that it can be burned down by a meth pipe? Oh, uh, just... so sometimes old things are pretty flammable. They get kind of dried up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like spontaneous human combustion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have. No, but... <laughs> Seriously though, like, what did trees ever do to us to deserve this? They were, you know, what they did to us? They had beautiful, sturdy building material inside of them, and maple syrup, <laughs> and that, and that was literally their downfall. <laughs> bum 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 bum. Thank you. That's my pun of the day. I don't know. I just say uh, we have a lot of trees here. We have a lot of really old trees, and I think people need to come cut down some of our trees because I would say that Washington has the oldest trees. Now, you guys may not know what a tree is because you guys live in Edmonton. But we have trees here. They're just all covered up in snow right now. <laughs> yeah. They're just completely covered up in snow banks. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, I guess uh, the moral of the story is watch out if you're a tree, especially an old one. Be careful, yeah. The older you get, the more likely it is someone is going to cut you down to figure out just how old you are <laughs> i guess so <laughs> or smoke meth in you <laughs> right people will smoke meth either in you or with you yeah um all right well that's yeah there you go interesting tree knowledge for you interest interesting interest yeah. interesting nice word thank you uh so uh for my second topic this week guys i wanted to talk about something that i just wanted to get your input on a little bit um, okay. As fellow nerds, uh, I've always been a little leery of uh, fanboys. Now, what I see a fanboy is uh, as being is uh, somebody who loves something like Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, I don't know, Daredevil comic books, so much that everything that happens... Uh, to that thing they completely hate. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like they love something that so much that they pretty much hate it. Like, so, like when in regards to new things on that subject, right? Or especially like okay. new people. Like they don't they love something until all of their friends like it, and then it's terrible. I think my first. Uh, I think my first. My first. Uh, run in with this fanboyism was Homestar Runner. Do you guys remember Homestar Runner? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Homestar Runner was like the greatest thing when I first saw it. Strong Bad, hilarious. Burninator, hilarious. Uh Homestar Runner, hilarious. Then everybody started getting uh you know uh Strong Bad stickers on their cars and all that stuff and all of a sudden I didn't like Homestar Runner anymore. In fact it was dumb. But now I have a Strong retro love for Homestar Runner because it makes me giggle when I think about it. Is that so much information? Are they still putting out new stuff? I have no idea. And if they did, I wouldn't care about it. I only (laughs) want Homestar Runner to live in my past. (laughs) I want it to live in my childhood and nothing else, uh, or my, I guess I was in high school when that came out, and uh, and nothing else, uh, nothing else should tarnish that memory. Now, that's that's kind of uh that's kind of my only inkling with with this fanboyism. But a lot of people have been seeing this fanboyism, especially with Star Wars, uh and the prequels, you know, people's heads exploding. 
Um, there's a pretty good documentary you can watch it on Netflix. It's called The People vs. George Lucas, where they basically talk about this dichotomy where you love George Lucas because he gave you Star Wars, and at the same time you hate George Lucas because he killed Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and then he sold Star Wars to Disney, and now we'll see what happens. Um, have you guys run in with fanboyism at all? Do you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I think so. I think most of what it is, from my perspective anyway, is trying to like hold on Basically, yeah, just like looking back on like the good old days of whatever, like of Star Wars. Like, oh man, remember when there was three movies and they were awesome? And then, of course, the new ones come out and everyone's like, oh, what are these? These are nothing compared to the first three. So they're just going to try and hold on to the memory that they have of the first three, you know? Right, right. And uh, in general, you know, I'm uh, Will Wheaton gave a uh, gave a talk at uh, at PAX a few years ago where he said, "Don't be dicks." You know, this whole nerd culture thing that we're a part of is getting bigger and bigger, and we should not exclude people uh, because they want to come and they want to like the things that we like. Even if they like them on a very superficial level, even if they're not going to buy the box set or the figurines or the uh, downloadable content or the expansion pack... uh, if they like it a little bit, that, that's at least a conversation piece for you to talk to them and maybe introduce some new things to them, which, we, which we've been talking about with board games. And generally, I subscribe to this idea, and I'm kind of against fanboyism. But I ran into a fanboy situation, probably my biggest fanboy situation. I want you guys to kind of be my therapists on this a little bit <laughs> and talk me through uh, ways that I can cope with this. And... Uh, <laughs> This fanboyism stems from karaoke. Are you guys? Do you guys do any karaoke at all? No, I, I personally <laughs> don't, and I think it's for the better, uh, better of everyone's health and safety that I continue to not do karaoke. Mm. How about you, Yuri? Uh, I enjoy watching other people make uh, fools of themselves uh, with some drunken karaoke, but I, I've never really tried myself. Ooh, well, are you guys coming to PAX next year? Oh, for sure. All right, and you'll be 21 next year. That's very true. We which, will be. Which means we're going to the Baranoff for some karaoke. Paxioke. All right. All right. So this, Hold this, you to it. This all stems from my favorite karaoke joint, the Baranoff, here in Seattle. Now, I've been going to karaoke at this Baranoff uh, joint for over a year. Uh, Jesse and I actually discovered uh, the karaoke there about, uh, about a year and a half ago. We were, we were meet, we like met up there right when he moved to Seattle for the first time, and uh, and uh, and and we sat at the bar and we went through and there was nobody in the bar, so we each did like five songs. We were like up there like every other song doing karaoke. It was awesome. Um, and then in that time, I built up a rapport at the Baranoff. I know the regulars at the Baranoff. I know the karaoke lady, Patty. I only go on nights where she's there. When I go in, she puts me on the list. She gives me priority singing. Everything is great at the, at the, at the Baranoff. I'm having a great time. I love bringing people over. It's really fun. But then the last few times I've been going to the Baranoff, I've been getting all butthurt about people liking the Baranoff because... <laughs> Uh, they How come... dare they enjoy things that you enjoy? How dare they? How dare they enjoy things I enjoy? Uh, I, uh, I I get mad when they sing. I, I get mad when they sing poorly. I get mad. I have like my repertoire of songs. Uh, and this uh, this last uh, weekend, we went to the Baranoff, and 
uh, my one of my songs is Bismarcky's Just a Friend, which is a great song. Uh, and this, but but if you're gonna do a rap song for karaoke, you gotta know all the lyrics. If you don't, they're gonna pass by way too quickly. And if you don't know the cadence or the way that they're being said, then it sounds terrible. So I know all the words to Bismarcky's Just a Friend by heart. I could totally pump this thing out. But this dude gets up there and he butchers the song, and I got so mad about this that I had to leave. I had to leave the Baranoff. So, guys, I don't want to be a Baranoff fanboy. Can you give me some advice as to how I can prevent myself from becoming a karaoke fanboy and just enjoy uh, karaoke for what it is and the Baranoff for what it is? Well, I have to say, like, getting frustrated about that makes a lot more sense than for a movie or a comic or a TV show because other people like globbing onto that experience could actually make it worse for you just because it's more busy or <laughs> can't get into sing as much or just they're terrible at singing. So that's frustrating, but okay. But say I'm like a big James Bond fan and I like the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies, but then when the Daniel Craig James Bond movies came out, then everybody is going to the Daniel Craig movies. And now I can't go on opening night to Daniel Craig because uh, it's sold out, but where were those people ten years ago when Pierce Brosnan was James Bond? But then you can just you can go to your basement and watch however many Pierce Brosnan <laughs> DVDs or Blu-rays that you want to. So. I can, but I'm still missing opening night of James Bond, and uh, I can always go home from the Baranoff and sing in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I I want to be a better person here, guys, and you're Canadians, which make you inherently better than me. So please set me straight on this true. one. Uh, well, you need to start saying sorry a lot, I oh, think. I yes. think that's what we do. Um, mm. <laughs> it's like, sorry, but you're really bad at karaoke and you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or wait, you could give karaoke lessons. Oh. Advertise. Yeah, you you and... need to stop shunning these people for liking things that you like. You need to. You need to welcome them. You need to. If someone's bad, you need to show them why they're bad in a nice way. Or write a guidebook to the Baranoff. Yeah. Oh, I do like that. Focus. Focus your energy somewhere good, rather than being like, "Oh man, I hate all these people," and spending so much time thinking about why they suck. You know, direct <laughs> direct it elsewhere. Well, I mean, the other make thing, it a positive. The other thing is that karaoke is inherently fun. And the reason why it's fun is because anybody can get up on that stage and be a rock star, even if they're terrible. And, like, for some reason, I when I'm at the Baranoff for 20 minutes, I start loathing these people who get up there. First of all, the people who pick, like, six-minute songs. A good karaoke song is, like, 3.30 max. It needs to be snappy. It needs to be catchy. It needs to be good. Perfect example, uh, Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Perfect karaoke song. Bad karaoke song. Uh, total Eclipse of the Heart. That song is like 20 <laughs> minutes long. Uh, but maybe you're right. Maybe, I, you know, another one of my guilty pleasures is The Voice on NBC. Maybe I should maybe I should start The Voice at, at the Baranoff. That would be awesome. Mm. Get, like, you and uh, get Jesse to make, like, a team. Just, like, scrounge all the people at the bar and make teams. Right. So compete against each other. Oh, my God. I kind of love this idea. That would be awesome. Could oh. be another show on Bald Move. There you go. <laughs> oh, the voice of Carrie, the the Baranoff. We got to figure out a cool name for it. Could be like the Baranoff, Baranoff Challenge Battle, or yeah, the Battle of the Baranoff. Yeah, Friday Something nights on NBC. It'll be me, Jesse, 
uh, CeeLo Green and Christina Aguilera. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea. Is you, you I, I would it? watch that. I would watch it every night. Thank you. You guys have any other ideas? Um, how, how apart from that, just make your own karaoke club, and that way no one will be there again, and it'll be that thing where you know everybody, and you can sing every song you want. You know, this is until like until it gets busy, and then you can just form another one and keep doing that. <laughs> this is what they it is one of my dreams to own like a brew pub in Seattle, uh, and Jesse's the brewer, and I'm the owner. Well, uh, and Phoenix manager. Jones is the bouncer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, I've also I just ordered some lights tonight for my wedding for the for the wedding dances. Maybe I could just set up a karaoke joint in my apartment. I just need a machine. There you go. I love this. Well, uh well if you have any advice, listener, please email to us at personalarrogance at gmail dot com. You could also always tweet at us at personal podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We have the Personal Arrogance Facebook page and we have the Bald Move Facebook page. Uh, and uh, you can find us on both places. You can write and review us on iTunes. We love it when you do that. It's awesome. Uh, we can't uh, can't get enough of that. Uh, and uh, you could always tell a friend if you like what you hear. Um, so, you guys, why do you say we uh, do some recommendations to call it cast? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so, what's your first recommendation? Oh, I'm going first. Uh, my first recommendation is uh, tonight, while we're recording this on the 14th, uh, the Star Wars The Old Republic MMO is going free to play. So probably while we're recording Ooh. this right now, the servers are going down. And by the time we wake up tomorrow, the free to play service should be up. So I'm going to be trying it out. And I think Gary is. And I know our friend Glenn already has a subscription. So we're going to be playing the Star Wars MMO. So cool. I recommend you check it out. All right. Uh, my first recommendation this week, it's, uh, it's actually a, a dovetail from Connect the Dots from last week. It's Wreck-It Ralph. I went and saw it uh, this last weekend in 3D. Uh, went to see Skyfall, but it was sold out like I was talking about before. Uh, but Wreck-It Ralph was there in 3D, so uh, the uh, fiancé and I went. It was a great movie. I love this movie. I thought it was awesome. It pays great homage to video games. It's very visually engaging. There's a lot of cool... Uh, Easter eggs in there for for uh, for video game fans, including the Konami code is is included. Uh, it's a really really good movie, and it's a great way to spend uh, a date night. I would totally recommend it for date night. Uh, and guys, what's your recommendation? Okay, uh, my recommendation is the Desert Bus for Hope Six, which is going down this weekend. Uh, if you didn't know, Desert Bus for Hope is a charity event put on by the uh, comedy troupe loading ready run uh they just marathon this terrible video game it was a joke video game made by penn and teller uh called desert bus where you just drive a bus on a straight road in a desert so they play that for hours and hours and hours to raise money for a child's play so oh. you can check that out at desertbus.org. last year i think they raised almost four hundred thousand dollars what so it's a it's a big deal four hundred thousand dollars they have this like really cool scale where the more money people donate, the longer they keep going. Uh-huh. So uh, this year, if we make it to a million dollars, they'll be going for a week solid playing this game. Do they get to sleep? Well, there's a bunch of them, so they kind of take shifts. Oh, okay. But it's, like, it's a lot of fun. They do uh, giveaways, and there's auctions at the same time, and they have special guests. Like it's, uh, And you can follow the whole live stream on their site. So it's, uh, oh, that's it's a cool. fun... 
if you have nothing better to do this weekend, I would check it out. Just sit in front of your computer. It's easy. And give money. It's, um, it's what I do every weekend anyway. <laughs> uh, and then uh, my second invitation this week, it's going to be the Hex19 Geekcast on Hex19.com. Uh, you guys, if you want to get uh, the nerd news that you're not getting from personal arrogance, uh, I can't recommend uh, the Hex19 Geekcast and, the, and Hex19.com enough. It's a great site. Uh, for uh, just just news, and you get a cool fan's perspective, uh, a little more of a blog perspective than you get on a lot of other sites. Um, and there's also some cool uh, media content on there, and I just can't recommend it enough. I love your guys' site, and it's really well put together. So Hex19 cast, the Hex19 Geekcast at Hex19.com. Guys, thank you so much for joining me this week. I really appreciate it. Um, no problem. Plenty yeah. of fun. Uh, we're always happy to have Canadians on the podcast. Uh, Sorry if we didn't live up to your expectations. <laughs> that's a very. I don't. I don't know. We had to describe what a toque was, so mm. I think that's about as Canadian as it gets. I think that. Uh, I think apologizing is very Canadian of you, Yuri. Uh, <laughs> this is the, this is like the thing about people from Seattle, uh, people from Western Washington. Is all of the best people from Western Washington deep down, they really wish they were Canadian. But, uh, but yeah, we'd like to thank you guys for, for joining us this week. We'd also like to thank you, loyal listener, uh, for joining us this week. And uh, please keep in touch with us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, and we'd like to remind you that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.